Hello and welcome to Space City Nerd for January 2019. It's our first of the year. Whoa! What a fucking weird year it's been already, though. It's been fun. I like 2018, too. Yeah, I think, uh... Meme-wise, the, the memes are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think we already surpassed, like, five. Oh, God, I lost count already. Not just that, but just, like, all the happenings and stuff. Yeah, it's been, uh, last night we had, uh, the great, uh, McDonald's feast. <laughs> God damn it. What, uh, hamburgers? What was hamburgers. it? Yeah. 1,000 hamburgers. Jesus. <laughs> what and, a world. And, uh, sorry, sorry, like, government workers that, I don't know if you can afford our podcast right now, but you guys aren't working, and that sucks, and we feel for you. Mm-hmm. Also, everyone that's not going to get their food stamps next month. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus. It's it, it's a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. Yeah. Anyways, it's not get political, though. Um, let's talk about games, because that's all we need to know how to do. <laughs> and game, games aren't political at all. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes real hard right now. <laughs> I don't want no SJWs in my games. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Um, well, I, I mean, we talk about them a lot just because it distracts us from the bleak reality that is society right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, the reality of society, uh, both Netflix and Hulu are dropping documentaries on the Fire Festival, which I'm really excited. You've already seen one of yeah, them. Yeah, Hulu's came out last night. Uh, me and Rhea and Jimmy just finished it, like, a couple minutes ago we started it last night and then we finished it tonight um it was really interesting so a little backstory real quick before i start talking about the actual documentary so hulu's was a stealth release that they just like sneakily dropped yesterday and apparently there's a big feud going on between the people that made both documentaries so the one that's being made by or the one that's being released on netflix uh friday is being made. It's a co-production between Vice and Fuck Jerry. So Fuck Jerry was actually the marketing team of Fire Festival, wow. and the Hulu documentary had the guy that worked on the campaign for Fuck Jerry. Uh, he left after Fire Festival and started his own uh, social media marketing company. Um, I'm really surprised he still works in the field because that doesn't seem like something you could come <laughs> back from. But yeah, he uh, he's in that documentary. Uh, and the big thing besides that, basically, there's, like, this battle of ethics going on, a very public battle of ethics, and them calling each other out. Because the people that made the Hulu one supposedly... Now, they're, like, disputing the number, but they also say they can't sell it. Um, the Hulu one's the only one that has the guy that actually uh, organized the festival in it. Mm -hmm. uh, they supposedly paid him $250,000 to be in it. And that's the well, that's the number that was given by the people that made the Netflix documentary. The people that made the Hulu one uh, are disputing the number, but they also can't disclose the number. But they were able because they paid the guy. They got extensive interview footage with him, and it's not a very they they don't softball this interview at all. At one point, they're just like calling him out on like a bunch of like lies he's been telling them the whole time, and he's like. I have to take a 10 minute break. And they're like, why well, you got to take a break? He's like, I just need a personal break. Let me take a break. And, uh, 
they got access to a lot of like behind the scene footage and stuff. And honestly, it would not have been as strong of a documentary had they not had. It's like those old Fox specials where, you know, they revealed the magic and stuff and then Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been anything without like that reveal or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like, I mean, with the quote unquote revealing the magic, it was really interesting to me. Like, I don't know. There, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this without uh, getting slapped with a slander charge. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the way Fire Festival was run and organized reminds reminded me a lot of a lot of uh, failed and somehow currently ongoing events that we've covered on the show before. <laughs> um, there is a lot of. Uh, similarities between fire festival and like the way space city comic-con was run um a lot of similarities between fire festival and the way anime matsuri handles their marketing and social media stuff and there's a much bigger like obviously there's still an ongoing conversation about anime matsuri like we did that episode god yeah last year almost a year ago and the conversation is still still ongoing about them and i'm hoping people watch this and it kind of puts into perspective like just a lot of things about uh dealing with other people in general and falling for scams and stuff like that i don't want to spoil too much of the documentary so i'm trying to keep it like a little vague um because i know not everybody has gotten the chance to watch it yet the editing is yeah it just came out yesterday (laughs) the editing is really good i will say that the editing is really good and they do a very good job of uh just really giving you a whole feel for the story they got interviews with most of the people involved uh except for like ja rule and uh the guy that was the main dude's like second command but they've got like a lot of other people talking about them, so that's cool. They've got like former employees of both the festival and the white guy's previous company. They talked to a lot of people that were actually there. The the guy that run runs it didn't he go to jail? I forgot. Oh yeah, he's in jail for six years right now. Oh, that's cool. It, he's got a little nest egg of two hundred fifty thousand when he gets out, though. I mean, it's all probably going to debt. He is in <laughs> yeah. a hilarious amount of debt. Like they go, they go through like the financial, uh, financials and stuff, and it just it blows my mind that people just kept giving this guy money and giving this guy money. But he was, uh, he, he was a textbook grifter, like a lot of these people often are. And he was like borrowing money to pay off money and pay. I just want to commit wire fraud. That's why he's in jail. As he committed wire fraud. <laughs> I'm hoping like uh, the Netflix one is going to be a little bit more edgier. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what happens. But I probably will watch both. Just to, I mean that that whole debacle was. I it's sorry for the people that went through it, but it was really funny looking on the outside. Yeah, and one of the things that really got me, like I'm just going to throw out this minor spoiler because this is something that was like, whoa, holy fuck. Uh, the main dude and Ja Rule started planning the one that was supposed to take place, like, last year, immediately after the first one, like, just shot the bed. Which is kind of amazing. They are just like, oh, we need money. Let's have another music festival. Christ. Like, it was just bad all around. 
well, shifting from a bad uh, event, uh, this weekend's also PAX in San Antonio. I'm so jolly. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a Houston. It's the closest PAX to Houston, so we're allowed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But um, I went two years ago, had a ton, had a blast. Um, got a bunch of got a bunch of games. Uh, met a lot of people. Like the parties were really good and things, except for like Saturday night. Like it was funny. My wife and I uh, were recently married, so it was three years ago. Sorry. Yeah. And we didn't take a honeymoon. We had like a staycation, so we were like, "All right, Pax is gonna be like our honeymoon." We we didn't sleep in the same bed because we were super sick on Saturday. Yeah, I remember that. Like I couldn't hear out of my ears because I had like really bad ear infections. Uh, and that sucks. So hopefully this year it'll be better. Yeah, I feel slight because I still have never been. I feel slightly bad or slightly less bad than I have like in previous years because when it started, I was living not too super far from the venue. And a lot of my coworkers went, and I like at the time uh, I was working at the uh, Starbucks on the way, like right outside of San Antonio and Seguin off I ten. So that entire weekend, pretty much like people were coming from like Houston to Pax and back and forth, and it was I got a lot of business cards from a lot of uh, podcasts and streamers. That was fun, and I got some leftover swag, which was cool. There was just kind of like, oh man, I wish I was at Pax. We should feel even worse this year because me and Ryan are going. Yeah, I, I am a little <laughs> sad I couldn't go, but it's that's the other thing too. Like it falls outside of like the traditional con season, so it's easy to forget about. Like we could have totally gone this year, but I just forgot and tickets went on sale, and I was like, oh, oops. Um, if you are going to PAX though on Friday night, they'd have the concert which has our buddy megaran and also mariachi entertainment system which is a video <laughs> game cover band that's all mariachis their stuff sounds really good though yeah like i mean it, it really fits for like gerudo valley and with uh the vega theme and also bitforce i believe is playing which are really good like metal cover band yeah yeah uh, and then Saturday, the the Houston Gamers are, I think, the San teaming up with like the San Antonio Gamers or something. They're t- uh, doing a party. I forgot where, but <laughs> but our buddies at uh, Time Pixel Talls and Broken Satellite are going to be playing that. And last year, I heard that that was a very very fun party. Uh, aside from the parties, uh, I'm really excited to see some of these people. Or some of these, like, uh, some of the Expo Hall. Yeah, it looks like they're taking up the whole, uh, whole little, the uh, main, what's it? Yeah, main hall and, uh, Henry B. Gonzalez, which is cool. That's a yeah, big think, room. I think they said that this year was, like, their biggest, uh, Expo Hall. Yeah, that makes sense. And it shows. But, uh, I remember last time we went. I mainly spend money on picking up some sweet shirts because they have like, uh, I mean, we, we saw those meta threads earlier. Yeah, they were actually like, I don't know, anything marketed to gamers, I'm automatically going to be <laughs> like, eh, eh, <laughs> but they were actually, I would wear a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Now, will I, I wear it? I, 
I don't know because I it's still I, I know I would, but it's like uh, I don't know if I actually would buy it because it's still like ah eh, gamer clothes but it's also gamer clothes in a way that like people wouldn't know it's got like really nice knew. aesthetic yeah like i mean a lot of those that have like just the it's like the whole plain black sweater with like that lan connection sticker on it that looks really cool yeah so um yeah vlambeer i'm excited to pass by there uh, of course uh devolver yeah, Devolver's going to have some really cool stuff at their booth this year. I believe they're going to have playable uh, My Friend Pedro, which is one of my most uh, anticipated games this year. Oh, is that the Deadpool-esque one? <laughs> yeah, it's the one. Uh, it's kind of like side-scrolling uh, Max Payne. Yeah, I, I do want to play that one, too. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll... Ryan and I will be up there this weekend, so if you, any of you guys want to say hello, just let us know on the Facebook page, and we can meet up and stuff. Maybe challenge each other some Smash, because I know we'll probably be bringing... Can you imagine how many Switches are going to be there? There's going to be so many, like, especially now that Smash is out, because, I mean, since the Switch came out, I've seen them everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be crazy nutso and i'm excited for they that should, uh, just should, at cons in general it's gonna be cool they should bring back the uh was it the street pass yeah i don't understand why they didn't do street pass for switch that would have made a lot of sense i've been uh so actually speaking of street pass uh target has been clearancing out a lot of their 3ds games over the last like week or so the sales over for like some of the newer stuff but they had stuff as low as, like, $5, and Jimmy and I went to Target a lot and bought a lot of 3DS stuff, and it's the first time I've used my 3DS in, like, two years, <laughs> and I had, like, I hadn't checked my street pass in a while, and I had so many. <laughs> it was funny. stupid, and then I, yeah, I've been playing WarioWare Gold, finally, which I uh, didn't realize how good that was. When it came out, I had just gotten my Switch, and I remember complaining a lot that uh, it wasn't on there. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, agree. I was one of those. It was like, Arr! so I didn't buy it because I had just dropped like, oh god, close to a thousand dollars on Switch and SD card and accessories and games and stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna just wait on WarioWare. I finally bit the bullet, and I regret not jumping on it sooner because it's so good. <laughs> oh, and also, um, speaking of Switch, they have uh, what was it? The no, no, no more. Excuse me, the new No More Heroes games coming out. Yeah, I I want it. I might get it. I think I'm going to hold off, and I hate to say it, I'm going to hold off. Like, I wanted to get that one day one just to support that franchise coming back. It's way too close to Resident Evil 2. Yeah, but you're only going to spend five hours on RE2 after you finish the campaign. I don't know. I will probably spend way more than five hours on it because there, there's a lot of content there. I'm excited about it. But <clears throat> that's what they're all saying, though. Like, the campaign does last five hours on this one. Yeah, no, the original Resident Evil 2 is shorter than that. Like, you can beat both of them. I think last time I played through them all, I'm going to do it again this weekend, probably. I can do both Leon A and Claire B in one, like, five-hour sitting, just about. Leon A only takes me, like, an hour, two hours tops. So I usually play through it every Christmas, and then uh, 
I did not do that this year because I played through it this summer. I'm going to go through it one more time before the new one comes out. <laughs> but uh, no, because they're having the, the demo came out and there's like a teaser at the end of the demo. And there is going to be the Honk campaign and the Tofu campaign. And then there was a somebody data mined the demo when that came out. And there's going to be an Ada campaign, it looks like. And possibly a, no one knows if this is like a development leftover or not, um, a roguelike mode, which might be a random uh, item, like an item randomizer mode, which would be really cool. And then for whatever reason, uh, Chris Redfield and uh, Ethan, the main dude from Resident Evil 7, are also in the code for some reason, and no one knows if that's a leftover from Resident Evil 7 or if they're going to be uh, playable characters in an extra mode. Wow. So, yeah, there's been a lot of leaks over the last week. And, I mean, normally I would be like, no, I don't want to see it, I don't want to see it, but I, I already know what's going to happen. I played the demo. It's actually surprisingly faithful to both the original and what we know about, like, the plot that was planned for Resident Evil 1.5. It borrows a lot more from Resident Evil 1.5, actually, than I thought it would, which is interesting. Man, you're, you're like, so stoked for that and ready. <laughs> I, yeah, I, there's a week and a half left, and I'm going to... I have that day off work. I'm just going to... It unlocks at midnight. I'm going to stay up all night and just blaze through it. I'm, I'm going to pick up uh, Travis Strikes Back on Friday yeah that way like when we get back from pax and in the hotel i'm just gonna play that nice but apparently they said that uh they said whatever gets pre-ordered and they're saying there's probably gonna be four per store is all they get yeah yeah i was gonna go digital with that one anyway because uh trying not to buy physical switch games i have a few and it's just kind of more convenient to uh i don't know i've been like for close to a decade now <laughs> mostly a digital guy I, like i'm pretty much i was all digital on 3ds until this last week when target had the sale on everything uh and i only own two physical vita games and i already own a lot more uh physical switch games than that but i kind of wish i had bought them all digital because one you get more nintendo coins and two it's kind of a pain in the ass to get up and change the cartridge out and Oh, God, I don't know. I'm lazy. They, they already made it easy for you to like, play anywhere. Now, now you're going to be too lazy to change the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true, though. Like, I've got, uh, it, like, SNK heroines in Mario Kart barely get played at all because I just don't want to change the game out half the time. It's just like, oh, get it on my couch and blah, blah. I'm so used to because, like, with PC, I've been pretty much, in, I think the last time i regularly bought physical pc games was in 2006 2007 i bought a lot of physical pc games regularly well, I, don't, uh, I don't even have a cd drive anymore or dvd drive i still have one but it's just for ripping dvds at this point <laughs> which i ha i have a better setup for that now it's slightly more time consuming but i have a better setup involving like a capture card and a upscaling device and all sorts of stuff so it's like uh like for me but it like comes with, in handy. Uh, with console i think I, I do go physical mainly because that's how i grew up mm -hmm. like that's a stupid habit of mine it's like ever since i was a kid 
you know, NES games, you know, Sega Genesis games, you know, you had to have physical. Yeah, and I will say this, like, there is something, like, there is something about uh, playing physical games that is really satisfying, especially on older systems. Like, that's something, I guess, over the last year, probably just because I have a lot more money at my disposal than I've ever had in my life, Mm -hmm. uh, because I work two jobs and one of them is like my my first like big boy adult college related job um I, i've bought a lot more physical games that aren't like modern games and i enjoy playing those a lot like i got it Rhea got me a dreamcast for christmas and i haven't gone as crazy as i thought i would buying like physical dreamcast games mostly because i've had some issues uh getting it to look good on like a modern TV and everything. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's still something like I'm regularly shopping for them online. I've been buying since we moved back. I've been buying shit tons of PS one games. And I I guess it's just, uh, like you said, the, the, the happiness of getting something physical, like going to the store and like getting that, that game put in your, in your hand and like, wow, I can't wait to get home and play this. Yeah. And then like, that's a big part of it and for me something that i particularly like that a lot of people are just gonna like probably get angry at if they're still listening um changing discs (laughs) like i really like changing discs oh no i do um the ps1 is my favorite console pretty much of all time outside of like the dreamcast and the psp and a lot of that is because those big massive multi-disc rpgs they're not that big now compared to like a lot of the modern games that we have but they just feel so much more epic because you are changing the disc every couple hours and i like the ps1 because you would go i mean you you i was a cartridge the whole time and then i got like a ps1 and it made me feel very futuristic. Like I'm going to put this disc in here. Yeah. You know, it's shiny and, and uh, it makes me play better games. Yeah. I got my PS one kind of late in that gen. Cause I was always a Nintendo kid. I actually, I oh, think wait, I got no. a dreamcast before yeah, I got a PS one. I, I had a dreamcast and then PS two. And then I went back to PS one. Yeah. But yeah, it felt like playing CD games for the first time. Cause I was a baby when, uh, like, 3DO and Sega CD were around, so I missed all that entirely. But, yeah, like, I remember the first time I heard, like, I heard a CD-ROM, like, quality game was uh, my cousin, had my older cousin had gotten one for Christmas, and I was playing, like, a demo of Spyro the Dragon. And I was like, wow, this music sounds really good compared to what my Nintendo 64 does. And My first CD-quality game involved me saving up $250 for, like, six months. Mm-hmm. To rent a Sega CD. Oh boy! Guess, guess what game I got with it? Sewer Shark. No, I High fucked trap. up really bad. Uh, Marky Mark, make my video. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> so I had that for the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and like on Friday when I got it, my my parents saw how like depressed I was playing that game. <laughs> that they asked if I wanted to rent another game, and they they would get it for me. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and that's when I got Sword Shark. Nice. So <laughs> I have a lot of nostalgia for uh those old CD ROM games though. And it's something too I've been going through with anime a lot recently too. It's like, oh anime, because I was a Blu-ray 
an HD like download file uh, purist for so long, and now I'm going back and I'm like, I want to watch an anime series on DVD because it's fun to like switch the DVD every three episodes. <laughs> yeah, there's just something cool about that. Makes it makes feel it good. feel more longer and epic and exciting and. And see, I think that's why I like physical. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right, I think uh, we're going to keep it short this week. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks, I believe. I, we'll, we'll just do it one in two weeks to do a kind of a PAX decompression. Maybe bring along some people from PAX on here. Um, but for myself and Rex, good night, Space City. Night, night.